Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning, good morning, good morning to you. Good morning, Gary Dickman. How do you do? Chris Hart and Gary Dickman getting going here in Las Vegas at the Cal. You know, it's interesting. When we do the show in Honolulu, we start at either 6 or 7 a.m. And, you know, we're a little bit tired a little bit at that time. We wake up fast. And we're in Vegas three hours later, but we still have the same feeling for some reason. Maybe because the nightlife 20 feet in front of us draws us in. <laughs> it is. It has been a lot of fun. A lot of local people starting to come in yeah. now uh, as they're flying in. We've been here since uh, Tuesday afternoon, but uh, we are at the Cal. And if you're uh, headed on over uh, to Las Vegas for the game, come on by and say hi. All of our broadcasts are here at the sports book, the Cal Sports Lounge, they call it. And uh, you can get some uh, OB golf shirts. Uh, with the Brotherhood logo on it. Uh, they're very beautiful golf shirts. They are. And they have been selling really, really well either online or here at the Cal. So uh, if you're here uh, listening or you're on your way here, stop on by. Uh, Kanoa Leahy will be here at lunchtime. Well, no, it would be 3 p.m. Vegas time. And then uh, Josh and Hunter at 6 p.m. Uh, local time. All right, let's go. Things you need to know. We just found out yesterday the Wahine volleyball team, uh, the Long Beach State rivalry, is going to be on national TV. Pretty good. Yeah, I was mentioning yesterday, even though Cal Poly might be the serious, most serious challenger to Hawaii in the Big West, Long Beach State has been that team that's up there. It's always a rivalry in almost every sport Hawaii plays with Long Beach State, except for football. Uh, but they're a tough team, and it's great to get that exposure on national TV. That's great for the program. Hopefully they'll, uh, it'll result in a nice win, maybe even a sweep. All right, I see here the uh, UH men's basketball team. Their training camp starts today. Which is interesting. I checked over the weekend, and they didn't have it start. The rule in the NCAA is you can start official practice 30 days before your first game. They didn't have a set first game as of Saturday. I'm still trying to find out where that is now or who that is against now. But apparently it's 30 days from today for them to be able to start. They had unofficial workouts, but official practice does start today. Right, where they could work like four hours a week or something like that is what Stephen Sire is reporting. I thought it was eight hours a week they could work. Yeah, I'm just going off of what the uh, the – the article says but you know the so you work at you know a little bit here and a little bit there unofficially just spending some time together but um we'll get back to this later in in more detail because i got some thoughts on this um but um if they start my question to you is if they start 30 days can it can it be more than 30 days out no like so that it could be less 
but not oh, more. Oh, okay. not more. So you can start 23 days, 24. So if they don't have a game for 45 days, they sh- they can't start now. Until 15 days, t- 15 days to make Maybe it Maybe they got something we don't know about. Well, that's apparently right. what's happening, and I did check the website just minutes ago, and they still have the first official game on November 24th in that Palm Springs tournament against Rio Grande. Yeah. But All that's right. the day after, th- uh, day after Thanksgiving. Uh, yesterday, we also found out that uh, tight University of Hawaii football tight end is a former University of Hawaii football tight end. Grayson Morgan, who I believe caught the first catch of the season, uh, he has entered the transfer portal. What's up? Well, I think I understand it a little bit more now because, again, it's weird timing, obviously, you know, after five games that he is transferring. But you might recall, okay, against Oregon, he was injured. He didn't play. Okay, that's an injury. Last Saturday uh, against New Mexico State, he started the game. He did not start the second half with Hawaii trailing 17-3. to Timmy Chang went with an extra slot instead of the tight end, and it was Kuali Nishigaya who got all that playing time. So, again, without hearing anything officially, I think it might be based on, hey, we're going with Koali and maybe getting rid or minimizing the reps and game action for a tight end like Grayson Morgan, and he saw the writing and the future on the wall. Huh, interesting. So, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, that's your more true run and shoot is you got yeah. you got two you got an X and a Y or an X and a whatever it is, the wide outs, and then two slots. And so, yeah, and that really—that's really what started working. Yes, yes. With Pafeli, Ashlock, Kuali Nishigaya, that tandem, and everybody else started doing well with um, Stephen McBride. Uh, so it worked better than having the tight end. I—I I, I forgot about Grayson Morgan in week one or week zero, I guess. But he hasn't been a main part of the offense as far as catching passes. He's been more utilized as a blocker. And Kuali was a difference maker. He's been, you know, now healthy and he's been playing pretty well. I think he had four or five catches on Saturday. But we see what he can do in that run and shoot. It's just different with Jonah Pinocchi and guys, the, the kids from St. Louis. It just looks different when they're on the field. And yeah. you can see because of the experience they have uh, in the offense. And, and it's, it's, it's quite amazing watching him. You're like, wow, that guy's so good. But, well, yeah, this is, this, is how, this is what he's done all his career. Right, which you thought would be an advantage going in. And Koali was injured a lot last a couple of years, so yeah. he didn't really get to play a lot. Came on a little stronger at the end of last year, and I, I, I hear John Veneri describe it this way often. He always finds a way to get open, and that's one thing. That's one way to describe Koali. He is a really good receiver in that aspect. Knows the offense, as you said, and I think he in the game on Saturday in that second half was part of the reason that things started clicking offensively. Yeah, and you get the momentum and everything else uh, going. So we wish Grayson Morgan. Uh, the best of luck and good luck to you in the future. Yeah, you know, watch I know you don't like social media with these comments, but some people, half the people were against him. Don't close the door on your way out. Half the people supported, but without knowing the details, I thought it was unfair for well, anybody to criticize the kid. You know what? It, it, he hasn't played enough to, to get emotional over him leaving. Yeah, right. That's you, you know too. what I mean? He hasn't, yeah. he hasn't been around long enough for people to go, don't let the don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's hey, good luck. Thanks. Yeah, that, that was good enough. That was good enough. Uh, the third thing you need to know, there's an expression that was, here. That was three already. A fourth thing, you mean? Oh, yeah, this was a bonus one. Because you <laughs> hear the expression often, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, that's true. But, you know, we're the sports animals. We like to give. We like to keep on giving. We're givers. And uh, so we're going to give you something that is not going to stay in Las Vegas. It's going to go all the way to Honolulu around anywhere around the world where people are listening. Because, you know, I, I've been here a number of times. We all have been here a lot in Vegas. And I thought I've seen it all. <laughs> I thought, let's say at a blackjack table, I've seen everything that can happen. I've seen mistakes. I've seen foolish things. I've seen smart play. Last night I saw something I have never seen before, and I have a feeling I will never see again. <laughs> uh, I don't want to name the person, but for this, we'll call him Chris Hart. 
<laughs> uh, we're at the blackjack table, and actually, Chris was doing pretty well. He's a good blackjack table uh, player. And one thing I'll say seriously about Chris, and I'm serious about this whole thing, he makes the blackjack table that he's at the place to be. He knows everybody's name. See, he's creating is, a great the setup atmosphere. setup is way too long here. Okay, but I'm saying it's a cool atmosphere. <laughs> so we're playing. Chris is up and down. And, you know, I wasn't doing as well as the night before, but I was just getting started. And uh, Chris is next to me. And at one point during a, 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 shuffle, a deal, he had an eight a two, and an ace. And Chris looks at his cards, he studies them, and he tries. He decides, hey, I'm going to go for it. Hit me! <laughs> and before he finished the word me, the lady on his right and me on Chris's left, myself on Chris's left, went, no! And the dealer, and even the, the, the Anna, the dealer's like, no. Have you ever, anybody listening, seen anybody want to hit, try to hit on 21? I don't know what the strategy of the thought process was behind <laughs> that, but there was a mindset. There was a method to the madness. Luckily. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it have been unreal, though, if I hit on that and they gave me a 10 and I could still get 21? That's actually true. That's actually true. That's actually true. I'm sure that was the mindset, right? That so was. That was. You wanted to get it the hard way. That was, that was, the, that was the side where I was like, okay. Nighty night. <laughs> they should have an award for Bedtime. somebody that does that. <laughs> give you the give dork. you the hand. Give you the next couple what of deals because dork. I mean you're you're unfortunate if you're trying to hit on twenty one. You know how they have a, a turn a turnover chain or whatever yeah. on the football yeah. field. They should have like the dork award for dorks and casinos. Hey, you know what? You got to wear this around your neck for the <laughs> yes. rest of the day. Yes, to make sure everybody is aware. But that was something I have never seen in Las Vegas. Everybody I've never done seen something. it either. <laughs> And I, I hope I don't see it again from Chris. I have a feeling we won't, but uh, obviously math was not his best subject. Oh uh, well, it it it, it was I was doing great math about an hour earlier. <laughs> I guess so, but when it hits, you know, two in the morning, whatever it was, it was like one in the morning. Actually, wasn't that? Was late. it really one in the morning? We were yeah. I was we were awake at one in the morning. I was awake a lot later on four. Uh, not unfortunately, but yeah, I, I had a hard time making it up to my room with just people stopping and talking, which was cool. Oh, okay. I didn't mind. I didn't mind. So. Yeah. I mean, okay. All right. Viva Las Vegas, baby. I ran into people yesterday that I was talking to at 1 in the morning or 2 in the morning that said they played blackjack till 7 a.m. the first day here. <laughs> I've done that. Well, maybe not till 7 a.m., but I've done that till the week. But we can't do it now because no. we're not on in the afternoon anymore. And we're also not, near, well, we're a lot older. <laughs> no. Enough. Two years ago was fun. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. I'll just say one more story about Chris. Year oh, one. Year one when we came here was 2007. So this is our ninth trip for the UH game. Are you serious? And yeah, and wow. Chris brought his golf clubs because, you know, a lot of people like to Are come you going to Las tell Vegas the throwing the golf club story at the airport again? It wasn't at the airport. You see, you don't even get your own story straight. Oh. So Chris is planning on going golfing, and he told me because usually I stay up later than Chris. In Vegas, it switches. Uh -huh. He's the guy that stays up late. He's the night guy. And he was saying that people were coming down downstairs to go to the golf uh, tournament that they were playing in on that Friday, and he was still at the blackjack table. He hadn't slept. So I think that was like 5 or 6 in the morning the first year. Really? Wow. And then, so we never used that. his golf clubs, and then we, we needed to leave to go to the airport. And Chris at 4 or 5 in the morning is not the most pleasant fellow. <laughs> and I kept telling him, I had the rent a car. We had to leave. We got to leave. And finally, checks out, takes his golf clubs from the front door of the cow, <laughs> and for some reason threw them 5 feet <laughs> into the parking lot, and then picked them up and begrudgingly, if that's the right phrase, put him in the trunk, and we made it, our, made it on our flight. I don't remember any of that. Uh, Sheldon will remember that, too. That was something I have a witness on. Now, Kanoa Leahy, I saw, brought his golf clubs. Yeah. Let's keep an eye on Kanoa and see if he does the same thing. Yes, let's hope he does. <laughs> Pass on the tradition. That's right. Oh, man. 
Okay, it's uh, we've wasted enough time. It's uh, 13 minutes after. In a few minutes, we'll check your traffic here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, weather today on Oahu is going to be sunny, high in the upper 80s. Trades are 10 to 15 miles per hour. Uh, by the way, in Las Vegas, weather sunny, high at 94, low 65. It's uh, high in the mid-90s the last couple of days. All right, let's get back into Rainbow Warrior football. One thing I find interesting about being here is that, okay, we're obviously prepared for the game, and we look in the Star Advertiser, all of our shows, UH football is a hot topic, and rightfully so. I've gotten the Las Vegas Review-Journal yesterday and this morning. There isn't one mention in either in the paper for the last couple of days of UNLV football. UNLV basketball's mentioned front page article they started practice yesterday, but nothing about the football team. I find that pretty interesting because they're three and one. This You're is a right. good year for them so far. You know, maybe they're just thinking we've been fooled before. Last time they were three and one. I don't know. I, I, I that's interesting. It, it is. I mean, it's just it's a basketball school, I guess. Yeah, sure, but it's still, I mean, there's a lot of sports going on here. The hockey team defending Stanley Cup champs had an exhibition game. You have the Raiders and all the news they have. Right. And there's high school football mentioned in there. There's a whole article, but not even a mention. I, I would think it's not going to maybe be front-page news or sports, but it would be mentioned something about you know building up to the game. Yeah, you're, you're right. I forgot. You know what? Maybe back in the day when they didn't have... You know, the pro, pro teams, yeah. you would see it because they got to write about something, right? True, true. But I, was, I find that a little surprising, you know, that there's not even anything. Not, I'm, I'm not looking for a front-page article, but not even a mention about the game. So Hawaii, I mean, it has the interest there. I just wonder if that's a reflection on the fan base, too. That's what I was wondering about. I'm, you know, there's so many people. Now, this is such a – this city is growing so fast. Yes. But there's still, you know, so many people from Hawaii – or uh, have Hawaii ties who live in Las Vegas, that a, you know, that a UH, UNLV article would be fitting this week, exactly, right? Exactly. I mean, you got a tenth of your population or whatever it is. It's a lot. It's enough to make a difference where I would, I would expect that as well. So, yeah. I, I, can I think for the game on Any, Anything on the A's? On the Las Vegas A's. No, nothing on them. <laughs> nothing on them. But I got a story about the A's. Which they did one of those worst things, stupidest things in uh, modern celebrating a player's history. You want me to tell you right now? All right. Okay, Miguel Cabrera is retiring from the Detroit Tigers. I think he just got his 3,000th hit. He's got 500 homers. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. And he's making his retirement tour around the major league. So everybody gives him a gift. You've seen the gifts for basketball and baseball. They have a guy on his last appearance at a stadium. They'll give him a plaque, a car, whatever. So the Oakland A's decided to bear no expense, and they decided to give him a bottle of wine. An $80 bottle of wine. I saw 70 I saw 80 So they give right. him a pr- rather cheap bottle of wine, which in itself shows poor taste, but it gets even worse. He is a recovering alcoholic. Yes. And so to give a recovering alcoholic a bottle of wine as a, pr- a, a present oh. for retiring and in- cheap one at that. Insensitive. It's stupidity. It's insensitive. And it just kind of fits the Oakland slash Las Vegas ace to be. Unbelievable. All right. Hey, if you want to win an extra $1,000, you don't have to be in Las Vegas. You can play pigskin picks. Just go to ESPNHonolulu.com. That's the grand prize. Uh, This week's weekly $100 prize is from Dixie Grill Barbecue and Crab Shack. So go to the website and get set to win. It's brought to you by M. Dyer Global and Young's Fish Market. We'll be right back. Good morning, 721, on your way in with the Sports Animals, live from Las Vegas on ESPN Honolulu. 
It's game week for the Rainbow Warriors. Yeah, we're going to talk Hawaii football and the Mountain West in general. Joining us now on ESPN Honolulu, he's the managing editor covering Mountain West sports for the Mountain West Wire, part of USA Today Sports. Jeremy Mouse back with us. Jeremy, great to talk to you again. Conference play underway. I'll start with our team, the University of Hawaii. What are your thoughts on what you've seen with them so far? Two and three record. A nice come from behind victory, though, last Saturday against New Mexico State. They get the win, which is nice to see them do that. Uh, I would still like the uh, running part to be part of run and shoot, maybe. That would kind of help you guys a little bit. I know it's not the main thing that that offense does, but I think I'd have a little bit more to even open up that passing game even more. That would be, I think that would really go a long way to help them improve and keep getting better. Yeah, we feel the same way. I think the coaches feel the same way. It actually has improved, which is almost scary because it still is not where you'd want it to be, but it is better than the first couple of weeks against the Vanderbilt, Stanfords, and Oregons, that is for sure. Have you seen, though, in your, you know, watching whatever you have seen over these five games, have you seen them improve in any areas? A little bit. I, a little bit. Like, it's kind of hard. Like, the Vanderbilt game was interesting because I'd say the, the turnovers a little bit because remember the Vanderbilt game, you had the goal line in the corner interception, end of the game interception, not having those type of plays, like they, they really could have had a very, very good chance to win that game on the road, which has been pretty big for them. So not having those type of things, and they run a game a little bit here and there, but what I want to say, this game, when they play UNLV, their Rebels running game is pretty solid. If they could, if I could do it to Denver's Vanderbilt and kind of slow that down a little bit, keep that going, like go back to that, because that was hard to replicate every week, because that was a pretty good performance they had. So I think that's an area where, not that they, like, they're fine, but if they can go back to that week one and, like, that would help, I think that would go a long way because Rebels have multiple running backs. They're not like when they had Charles Williams a couple years ago, Chuck Wagon running, running wild over everybody, but I think that's an area where they've been doing fine, but they can get back a little bit. That's what they'll probably need to win, I think. Let's tie this in now with Hawaii playing UNLV. Brumfield has been the uh, UNLV quarterback. He didn't play last week. A former Hawaii high school player also played in Vegas, I believe, at Liberty. Uh, Jaden Maeva, Maeva came in and did a pretty good job against UTEP. Have you heard anything about the starting quarterback for this week's game? I, th- I was looking around. I mean, played nothing. It's like, come on, give us a little bit. Tell us something. Uh, it's, uh, I don't know. Maeva played, he played last week, and then he played the majority of the week before. And he's incapable to be out there. We know Brum, like Brumfield, when he is healthy and ready to go, he has the potential to be like one of the better quarterbacks in the conference up there for what he can do. And I'm still waiting to see whether Brennan Marion's offense will be there because Rebels are putting up points against teams they've been playing. But I, there's, you know, there's like look around and he didn't play last week. Okay, he played a little bit the week before. I mean, it's not how serious it is, but I think the way they've been playing, I think they're okay with either quarterback. Brumfield, I think, is better. Just because experience, and this is like the Rebels past couple years. Justin Rogers, you bring in um, what's his name from Ohio State, come in. Uh, I forget his name. Whatever doesn't play much. Or whatever they don't do very well. So they've been experienced. Like not that it's a good thing to have in new staff. Like the past four years, they've had multiple quarterbacks having to play due to injuries or not being good. But I think they have a set where these two guys they'll be okay. Whoever I prefer Bumfield because there's a reason um, Barry Odom named, named him the starter. Jeremy Mouse for the Mountain West Connection joining us here on ESPN Honolulu talking Mountain West football. Last week, Hawaii went up against Start Thomas, the running back for the Aggies. This week, it's Jaden Thomas for UNLV, who had a pretty good game over 100 yards last week. What other player do you think Hawaii should be concerned with on the offensive side from UNLV? Well, yeah, Ricky White. He's, he had a slow start, but he's legit one of the best receivers in the conference overall. I, I think his numbers aren't ideal or like at the top when – 
when you look at guys from Fresno or even like CSU with uh, no, nobody can touch the Torrey Horton out there. But I think Ricky White's a guy that got to match up on and don't allow him to get big plays. I think he's at 15 catches or something. I know one game was very minimal, one or two. But he's uh, outside of the jet running the ball. They need to get on Ricky White because if those two guys get going, like, all right, we're going to try to stop running game or we're going to try to score the passing game with Ricky White out there. I think he's their probably their best offensive weapon overall who can make the biggest plays. I know Jed had, I think, a couple touchdowns last week, and he mentioned 100-plus yards, but if they get both going, it'll be, it'll be a long day for Hawaii, I think. I hope not. Well, let, let's talk about some of the other teams in the Mountain West. We have sure. two teams that are 4-0 Air Force and now nationally ranked Fresno State. They were 25th in the AP poll uh, a couple of days ago. What are your thoughts on those two teams and their uh, really impressive starts? They're quite good. They don't play, obviously, they're undefeated. It's a simple answer there, but they don't play each other in the regular season, so there could be some collision course. Like, like Fresno State, it's like, just call him Tenwood Ted. Like, Tedford does what he wants. Every time he comes back, he's doing extremely well. He brings a new quarterback. Okay, we lose J.K. Or we lose Jalen Moreno Copper. We lose uh, Jordan Mims and Ronnie Rivers in back-to-back years. Oh, who cares? We have these other guys coming oh, in. Who cares? just as good, it seems like. And he just, they seem to be getting it done. The concern with them, they're plus eight and only beat Arizona State 29-0. They can't score a touchdown. So that could be an issue when they play Wyoming or when they play teams that have a better defense. That could be a problem. And Air Force, they seem to be finding their running back, like John Lee or Eldridge, the uh, Third, I believe I want to say, not second. Uh, I still there's a third. Always got to think that he has Roman numerals out there. He hasn't had that many carries compared to last year. I mean, relative to be taken over the number one spot, they, they have a fullback again. They're, they're running the ball as, as you normally do, obviously. But I thought Elder would be a D guy, but they go three deep at running the game. And honestly, I think Air Force might be better than Fresno State for what because people look at oh, Sam Houston State, thirteen to three. Yeah, Sam Houston State hasn't won a game, so maybe my example people don't like, but they've been holding teams down who scored points. BYU's a pretty good team at 3-1, and one, 14 points. 13 points versus Air Force took them until the second half to basically do anything on the ground. And so that that was a solid win, even though it's 13-3. But it's the same old Air Force we've seen and what they do. But now they have, we thought, or at least I thought this year, okay, the only the elder does a running back, a new quarterback, a couple new receivers, which they only throw a handful of times. So it's always, okay, there'll be one guy who gets 20-plus so a catch back there. But they're going three deep with running the ball, and it could be like last year. And the only concern with them is just if their depth can hold up because it's very difficult at the academy for how much they're required to do. And so I, those two teams, they, I think they're the two best teams in the conference, and I don't know if it's really that close. I think right now nobody could really disagree with that. One of the things I find really interesting about Air Force, and you kind of touched upon it, their defense, uh, they have not let up 21 points in 11 consecutive games. And San Jose had 20, I believe, in the second quarter, still never got to 21. That shows how strong their defense has been last year and obviously all of this season too. Yeah, because that Air Force – I'm sorry, first, San Jose State came into the team shows. They, they, Air Force had that third or fourth quarter 21 points. I figured – I'm like, oh, San Jose State can do something with Javon Cordero and guys that have out there, Kyrie Robertson run the ball pretty well, but they just got boat race in the second half, and I figure they put up more points against USC than Air Force. Yeah, really something when you look at it that way. So Hawaii does play them at home later on. I find Boise really interesting. They start the season 0-2, got demolished by Washington. It was a really good team. Lose to UCF, and I think that might have even been a home game. Uh, that was a home game. But the last two weeks, they seem to have found themselves really beating North Dakota easily and then San Diego State, even though it was a close game. They're looking like they're a better team, and they've got another standout running back. Yeah, Ashton Gentry is great. If they if, if Jordan Trotty could ever be healthy and get both of them, they would be really good. But my thing is, I don't think San Diego State's a good football team. And they, the point-wise, 
their defense is fine. But then you see Ashton Gentry go crazy. I think he had 205 yards or something against that Aztec defense. I just don't think they're very good. And so you only beat them by, I don't score in front of me, but it was less than 10 points if I recall. I know it was pretty tight at halftime, 17-14, something really low scoring. And so I don't know how much I trust that win being like a good win. Aztecs will struggle to go to a bowl game. And, and you can only beat them by a few points. Taylor Green hasn't lived up to expectations because there's all these people preseason. Oh, he'll be he'll make the big leap. He'll be the best quarterback in the conference, best amongst group of five. Dark horse. I'm like, no, he's not there. They have some receivers on Boise, but and they have they they just don't have like and maybe I'm overvaluing or like being too harsh. But they don't have like that elite elite receiver, and their defense is getting beat up in the secondary. Like they can't do anything. Like Jalen made, I think, had 250 yards for San Diego State, and he's not a good quarterback throwing the ball. And Boise has way more holes, and if they can give it to Genty 40 times, maybe. But I think they're, they'll cause problems because they have talent with them, but their defense is just okay. Quarterback play is not what people thought the next step would be. And it could be an offensive coordinator thing. Remember, they fired their main guy last year. Dirk Cutter came in midway, and he looked really good. And now they have a new offensive coordinator. Cutter was like, I'm only doing this to kind of help you guys out to get to the season. That could be a thing as well. The offense is needing to find its groove. But they're, they're, they're fine. They're not anything special outside of Ashton Gente, in my opinion. Nevada, the only winless team in the league, and we know uh-huh. they were kind of down there last year. I just want to end it on this, though, Jeremy. What is the latest with the Pac-2, with Washington State and Oregon State? you think there's a better chance that they do join the Mountain West? Will schools join the Pac-12 and create a new conference with a lot of Mountain West teams? What is the latest that you have heard? I know there's some court stuff in in Oregon today, I think today or tomorrow, about a few things. That's more Ducks and Beavers type stuff. But it comes down to this. What's the most obvious and simplest answer? Those two schools join the Mountain West. It's this reverse merger, dissolve the conference, keep the credits. That's all extremely complicated for something that, if you want to make a schedule, Washington State, Oregon State have three games scheduled next year. I guess four if you include they play each other. To get a football schedule done at this time, we're sitting here October, that's very difficult for next year. Who's available? What teams can you play? Could they, it, it's a lot of moving parts that takes time. And there's an option, like, if they dissolve the Mountain West and go together. I said this before, and maybe this won't happen, but we all remember 98 would happen. The, the meeting in Denver, do you want that again? Like, okay, you have the in-writing with whomever, the Glenn Rivaras and every, all the ADs and presidents. Okay, we're going to dissolve the league. Join the Pac-12, keep the tournament credits, all that nonsense, which can be, I think, separated easier. Just give the schools the credits while leaving. Give it to UCLA, Arizona, whoever gets it, keep it. That's fine. That's like that's a simple. Again, simple is best of what's going to happen. But do you want to middle of the night? All right, we're kicking out New Mexico. You guys, Hawaii, unfortunately, too far away. You're going to be independent, or we're going to remove UNLV or or some other random school. So it's a only a 12-team conference, and two t- two schools get knocked out. Like. I'm not saying that could happen, but you never know. There are secret meetings all the time. So the simplest answer, bring over the two schools. Like, what value does the Pacific 12 conference team have when there's nobody, like, elite that's been leaked for 100-plus years? Like, who cares? Like, the Big East basketball, it's okay. It's what it is, but it's not what it was 20 years ago when it first formed with Syracuse and those type of schools near Boston College. And, and so it's, like, simple and easy, and I think that'll be the simplest and final answer. They'll just join the Mountain West, and that'll be it. Yeah, it does seem maybe it's too simple, but hopefully we'll find out something soon. Because like you mentioned, scheduling is one aspect you really got to look at for next year, no matter how the conferences are set up. Well, look Je- at basketball, soccer, volleyball. you got a million sports, not just football. True. 
Right, it's not just football. We just, obviously, we're just in there for football, but right, yeah. the other sports got to be considered as well. Uh, hopefully, it'll resolve itself sometime soon. Jeremy, always great talking Mountain West football with you. We appreciate your time and looking forward to doing it again in the near future. All right, have a good one, guys. All right, thank you so much. Jeremy Mouse, the managing editor of the Mountain West Wire, part of USA Today Sports, joining us here on ESPN Honolulu. Doesn't he remind you of Stephen Sy? <laughs> it reminds you of yeah. Steven Sy a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, boy, that's that's scary. That whole thing you're talking about with, you know, the, the, he brought up 1998 in the in the hotel room in um, in Denver or whatever Denver, it was. Denver, I think it was. Yeah, the airport. But that's just crazy because, I mean, if, if they're going to be somebody left out, it, maybe we just have whatever complex we have. But maybe, you know, if that's if it's something like that again – I mean, they could easily go the first people out. I mean, I don't know why they would kick out New Mexico, probably just because they're terrible. I think just using examples of it could be anybody. Right. But if, but if, if there's one to go, then maybe they say, well, Hawaii, too far away. And I can't see anybody else in the conference fighting for us. It's that, right? and it is possible. I mean, even though it sounds maybe a little far-fetched, it does sound like it could happen. Right. So hopefully that's not the case. But, I mean, it has to resolve itself for scheduling purposes among some of the other factors right. we talked you about. You know what could even happen is something that nobody's thinking about because it seems like they're saying, okay, so you take, say, eight guys or ten guys from the Mountain West and you join the Pac-12. Or Oregon State and Washington State join the Mountain West Conference. There's got to be a third option out there. Like maybe there's somebody in, you know, somebody in the, uh, the Sun Belt, uh, somebody in, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, some other conferences, whatever, yeah, Conference USA. A couple of guys from the Mountain West. Maybe they all join the Pac-12 and they do it that way. It's possible. It definitely is possible. I think another option could be that you have, I mean, when Jeremy brought up the scenario of maybe two teams would be left out, why not have a 14-team conference? You know, what happens in the SEC has more ACC, Big Ten. Right. So instead of having a team have to leave when you have Oregon State, Washington State, you keep everybody. But I think also, and that's one of the things the committee's talking about, they, they're kind of putting a hold on the playoff expansion because the Pac-12 yeah. be one of those conferences. Well, that's so why you, it might be better for well, the Mountain West schools to join them. Right. Yes. But, okay, so for the playoff situation, it would be for the 12-team playoff, you have six t- uh, conference champions and six at large. Now, if there are only five... Uh, what they're th- saying is, okay, if there's only five conference champions, then we'll have seven at large, which is better for the, the you know, the, the, the small guys. It is, but there's, I mean, there's also. And Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, but there's a way where if you, again, if you had the Mountain West schools join, join the Pac-12, that's what right. some people are looking at. They can keep that spot. And I guess there's a whole bunch of things they're deciding on, because if it's the Mountain West schools, 12 of them or 10, and Washington State, Oregon State, the playoff people might not be thinking that's worthy of an automatic, even though it's technically still the Pac-12. They have two more years left on that contract you know, to be an automatic qualifier. And it's so crazy that these these guys all left, and look at how good. I mean, you could, you could argue that the Pac-12 is the strongest conference in football this year. Four schools in the top ten. And how many overall? What was it, I eight think it's, or something? I think it's eight still. It's like, I mean, that's crazy. It is. I mean, that's better than the SEC. And so now, but they left for greener pastures. Uh, part of it is weak leadership. They didn't have a, a deal. TV. But if they're working on a TV deal now, think about that. I don't think a lot of these schools leave. If they had the deal, you're right. It's kind of ironic in a way that right. all of a sudden they're successful. I find it even more, it would be even more incredible if somebody from the Pac-12 wins the national championship and then they're jumping to the Big Ten or the SEC. Right. Or Big 12, I should say. All right, I want to get more into, so we don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be uh, coming up. I want to discuss that more coming up 
uh, here. It's uh, football week in Las Vegas with the sports animals here on ESPN Honolulu. Now, if you're in Las Vegas or coming, come over to any of our broadcasts. Excuse me. <laughs> so excited about our broadcast here. But hopefully you can stop by our broadcast. Stop by our broadcast. Sorry about that. Uh, the OB golf guys are selling um, uh, Brada Hood polo shirts. Very high quality. Nice shirts. Uh, it's $60. But from what I understand, I think you can get them for 55 online at uh, obgolfhawaii.com. Uh, their slogan is Live Out of Bounds. Stop on by and say hi to Casey and the guys. And uh, they're really nice shirts. Look, there's constantly people sifting through their racks. Sure. So if, if you're here or you're listening here, uh, stop by. You'll you'll really be glad you did. Hey, you know what? Makes a great omiyagi too, yeah? Great omiyagi. Sure. Do you know what omiyagi is? Gift. You have gift from the mainland. Thank bring you. Back. Just, oh. <laughs> just making sure. Oh. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. Talking Rainbow Warrior football here at the Cal in Las Vegas, the California Hotel and Casino. And uh, thank you for your text. Somebody did text in. If Las Vegas is the ninth island, what number is Oahu and the rest of the Hawaii's major islands? I'm not sure. We haven't really numbered them all. I, I guess you would just say go from the you know bottom of the top, Big Island's island number one. Population maybe? No, I don't know. If you do, then it's a while. If you go by size, it's the big island. Eight magic islands where the sun will shine. Thank you for texting in the Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. So they've, uh, UNLV has a quarterback named Jaden Mayava. Yes. And uh, that's a big boy, man. Uh, from Liberty High School, but he's from Hawaii, you say? Yeah, he played at Kaimaki first, like a lot of, not a lot, but there have been several Oahu players or from the state who have gone to Vegas to play high school football to help their college careers, or for whatever sure. reason, he is one of sure. them. Sure, or even um, didn't Brandon Akana's son, when the COVID came, his son went to play in Utah. In Utah. And then now he's like a, a, go to te- a, a millionaire, gonna be a Texas, NIL, right? a Texas guy, yeah. As an athlete. Yeah. Uh, he's a quarterback. But anyway, so Jaden Mayava, man, this is big dude, 6'4", 220. That's NFL size. It is. I mean, I, I barely remember the name. I didn't know how good he was, but, I mean, he's been uh, pretty successful for them. Even though when you look at last week's game against UTEP where he did start and play the entire game, Doug Brumfield has been hurt, mm-hmm. and Mayava played a lot the week before, but he was 15-27 for 190 and one interception. Okay, now he's a guy coming out of high school, out of Liberty. He got offers from Auburn, Louisville, and Tennessee. That's pretty and good. Picked, and he picked UNLV, which is you know fine. That's you know, but um, I'm trying to check out. Is he a running quarterback? Yeah, I think he does run at? a little bit more. That's what uh, Jeremy Mouse was just saying a little early with us as well. That you know that's maybe not his strength. I mean, he can throw, but he also can run. He did have last week. He had 47 yards. Uh, 
excuse me, 28 yards rushing, average 4.7. So didn't do anything outstanding last week, but he can run as well. All right. Anyway, so we don't know if he's going to start or we don't. And even Jeremy Mouse doesn't know if Brunfield's going to start. I don't know. I don't know. You pick your poison here, really. What we heard earlier this week is that Brumfield is getting better. There's a chance he could, but there's nothing official on either. We will have the UNLV beat writer for the Las Vegas Review Journal, Andy Yamashita, tomorrow. So hopefully we'll get an update on that as well. All right. Very good. Uh, 808-296-1420, our number you can text in. You can call in if you want, but you can text in the Zephyr Insurance text line. A couple of interesting uh, stats about Hawaii and UNLV. These are defensive stats, and I think, to me, these are kind of encouraging for UH, especially going back to last year. Okay, UNLV's rushing defense is 68th in the country, middle of the pack, basically. Hawaii is 82nd. Now, 82nd is not good. It's not that far off. That's how I look at it from UNLV. It's a bottom third. But it, yes, but it's an improvement from last year. And I don't remember the numbers, but I believe, I'm pretty sure it was over 100. A rushing defense ranking oh, of the oh, 130 schools. But it gets better. That's the thing I want to point out about this. UNLV's passing defense, 117th out of 130. They do not have a good pass defense. And Hawaii, hopefully, right. can exploit that. Hawaii's passing defense is 64th, middle of the pack. Yeah, but it's nothing to, to okay, write home I'm comparing about. these two teams, and I'm also pointing out that I think Hawaii has improved overall. Now, now Hawaii over, yeah. has had a lot harder schedule than UNLV has had. So. Well, we both had Vanderbilt. They right. had Michigan. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of a wash in a way. <laughs> yeah. uh, we had a third Power 5 school. I've got to check if they had somebody. We had Stanford in the right. third school. Okay, but one more, one more, just one more stat. Okay. So overall defense right now, UNLV's is 101st in the country. Hawaii's 71st. So, uh, again, I mean, that might not mean a lot. But to me, what it says is that Hawaii's defense has improved. Yes. And I think they've improved lately, the last couple of games, and maybe because of the opponent. Mm-hmm. UNLV looks, by some of these numbers, to be a little vulnerable, especially in the passing game. We, that, and that's what, if you go to, uh, uh, we talked with Jeremy Mouse a few minutes ago, if you go to mwwire.com. I don't know if it's Jeremy or somebody wrote. And really, they're looking at the article is basically uh, the article is what does Hawaii have to do to win this game? Can And here's how Hawaii can win this game. And one of the things they bring up is uh, the vulnerability of the passing um, of the passing defense of UNLV. Problem is, that's the only thing they bring up. It's, uh, they talk about Hawaii's lack of a run game. And really, what here's one thing to look out in this game for: how Hawaii does on third down. Yes, we're pretty Always successful on fourth down, but it shouldn't come to that. Yes. Uh, Hawaii has not been good uh, this year on well, number one scoring, and number two. Third down conversions have not been good yet. No, not good enough. It's not been awful, but it's been fifty percent at best. A couple of games have been even been under that as well. I think another thing that Jeremy brought up that I you know found interesting and thought about is the turnovers. He talked about the Vanderbilt game and those key interceptions by Hawaii. They haven't had bad turnovers lately. And, you know, again, you look at the beginning of the season, you know, against, um, I think, Oregon, he had, I think, uh, Shea, I think, might have had three interceptions. But the last couple of games, it seems like things have gotten a little bit better. Uh, we only had, I think he had a fumble on sun, uh, Saturday against New Mexico State. No INTs. He's not getting sacked as much. I think the passing game, again, turnovers is obviously a key in any game. Hawaii's done a better job lately in the turnovers, and I like that. Of course, they had the turnover and the fumble recovery by Sauce Williams the other day yeah. for in our that favor, awesome. but we're not having any bad interceptions when we're in the red zone except since the Vanderbilt game, I believe. So I think that's encouraging. Like, you bring up often this season, we want to see improvement. I think we have seen improvement. Maybe not 
total improvement? And again, you look at the first half last week, no. But the second half, yes. But overall, over the last three games, and I know Oregon was one of them, but there were some things out of that Oregon game that I found encouraging, at least, and maybe to show a little improvement. The penalties and the sacks stand out. Mm. Again, Oregon's going to destroy pretty much everybody. They destroyed Colorado. But there were certain areas where I think Hawaii, after the two weeks before that, where they had 11 and 10 uh, penalties, only had five, I believe, against Oregon. Mm. You know, uh, UNLV, that's a, a problem they have, too. They, they have a lot more penalties than their opponents so far this year. But there's a, it's a really good article, M- uh, mwwire.com. Check it out. More from that coming up because I want to get back to the quarterbacks again, too, on ESPN Honolulu. It's 747. We'll check your traffic and be back live from the California Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. All right, uh, on the day that training camp opens for Rainbow Warrior basketball, I want to get into that, too, a little bit here coming up here on ESPN Honolulu because you are the basketball guru. But I was uh, this article I was talking about from the Mountain West Wire, mwwire.com, and it gives great information uh, really breaking down a lot of um, more almost like analytics instead of stats. But I guess it would be a stat. Things like... Um, the UNLV quarterbacks, get this, and this is something uh, this is something to be concerned about. The UNLV quarterbacks uh, combined get rid of the ball in 2.42 seconds. So on average, mm. it takes them 2.42 seconds to get rid of the ball. I mean, if, if uh, Braden Shagan can do that, well, he's not getting sacked. So that's one thing. Our pass, we got to kind of mess them up and muddy up the pocket and do what we can to kind of mess up the quarterback. But when either guy gets rid of it so fast, uh, that's not a good thing. No, and that hasn't been a strength of Hawaii's defense, even though they've improved in several areas. Putting pressure on the quarterback is one thing. Getting a sack, they haven't had that many. I'll, I'll dig up the number, but that's not been one of their strengths on defense so far. Right. So uh, we've, we're looking for – oh, somebody's yelling, hollering. Somebody won something big over there. Last night – I saw – I sidetracked for a second. Last night – I saw a lady win $31,000 on a slot machine. Really? Thirty-one grand. Wow. And she was all a cold, cool cucumber. I said, that's 31000 She's wow. like, yep. I was like, dang. Hope there's more winners left. I'm sure there are. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so we're having a good time here in Las Vegas. Looking forward to this game. Usually the, uh, the home team wins. But Hawaii can win this game. UNLV has been playing very well. They've been scoring a lot of points. If Hawaii can stop the run, that's that's one of the main things. We'll keep bringing it up. you got to stop the run. They, they've, they gain about 190 yards rushing a game. And that's what Hawaii, I think, led up last week. I think it was 180 against New Mexico State, most of that in the first half. Right. And the running game. They did a better job in the second half. You know, last time Hawaii was here, they scored the first touchdown. Nick uh, Mardner with that long touchdown catch, and it went downhill from then on. <laughs> but when you say that the home team It's like when w- the Patriots played the Bears in the Super Bowl, and the Patriots scored really fast. It was like, whoa! And yeah. so when you talk about Hawaii, a lot of fans bring up, how come they don't start off strong? They start off slow. Well, last again, to me, it matters, but last week they started off slow. We're down 17 nothing, 17-3 at the half, and they won. Also, when you say the home team usually wins, which is true, it's a stat, it's a fact, but those are different teams. It doesn't necessarily mean right. that's going to happen every time. Sure. And, again, for this game, we'll find out on Saturday. You and I were here two years ago. where I don't remember exactly, but I think the fan mix-up uh, breakdown was probably close to 50-50. 
or close to it, at least with Hawaii fans and Vegas fans. Yeah. In other words, they don't have 20,000 fans of their own that will come here. There might be more Hawaii fans at this game on Saturday than any game at home this season. That's Yeah, and that's sad. That's because a lot of the people live here. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So that's kind of the thing. I think a lot of people have made this trip. We've seen a lot of, you know, this place is packed, not just this hotel, but other ones around downtown and some on the strip, but a lot of downtown uh, people, you know, it doesn't matter if the team's good or not. They're going to come to Las Vegas every two years. And I think last year, I believe it was like eight or 9,000 fans from Hawaii traveled, supposedly around that number. Wow. Which is great. And they're playing in a great stadium, maybe a little bit more of an attraction. But hopefully UNLV doesn't have the home field advantage that they had against Vanderbilt. And I forget who the other school they played at home. But right. So hopefully that will come into play a little bit in Hawaii's favor. But even if they don't get off to a quick start, which I wish they would, it's better to play with a lead. It's easier if that's a, such a thing than playing from behind all the time. You're not right. going to be able to turn games around like last Saturday all the time. But it was encouraging to show that don't quit, don't give up. Even though that game looked out of reach at halftime, look what they did in that second half. Right. That can carry over. I think they can win this game, too. I don't care about the, the – I'm surprised at the point spread of 11.5 now. But oh, wow, it went up. It went up. It went up a little bit. I, I Again, that's fine, but – Again, this game, crazy things happen with this matchup. We've seen that over the years. And, you know, Hawaii, I think that's probably based on what Hawaii has done at a 2-3 and three record, one win against an FCS school. Well, and also I think it's Hawaii on the road. I don't think True. Timmy Chang has won a game on the road He yet. hasn't. Right. In a year and a half. Right. So, uh, you know, that's I think that uh, comes up big time. Yeah, they haven't. This team hasn't won a road game in quite a while. Right. But hopefully, you know, since it is the Ninth Island, it's more of just a uh, – a crosstown rivalry. <laughs> and you got some UNLV kids on this team. Or, uh, Vegas oh, that's kids right. on the Hawaii team anyway. That's Elijah right. Palmer is one. Right. They wrote about that in the Honolulu Star Advertiser this morning. Yeah, there's like, uh, um, oh, gosh, the backup to um, uh, our middle linebacker. Oh. Noah Kemma? Uh, no. Uh, 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 Jamie Otis. Yes. Uh, and there's one other. But anyway, yeah. And so, uh, you know, maybe they'll be all fired up. Hopefully they'll not... have fans and friends, uh, yeah. friends, friends and family showing up. Yeah. Hopefully they have really big families. Uh, you know, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Look, combined, they got 12 extra people in there yes. because of the local connection. All right. Uh, is it time to take a break? Yes, it is. Okay. Coming up on ESPN Honolulu, uh, top three things you need to know. We'll leave the part about uh, hitting on 21 out this time. Mm-hmm. That's coming up on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. Man, sorry about the traffic you guys are going through uh, this morning. It's uh, kind of nuts. We'll keep you updated here on ESPN Honolulu. Top three things you need to know. Well, first of all, uh, the Rainbow Wa- it's uh, game day eve for our Rainbow Wahine volleyball team. They're going to play their rival Long Beach State. And uh, good recognition for the program. It'll be on national TV. Yeah, good exposure. Hopefully they'll take care of business and get that win against a pretty big rival. That's This is also where the Big West Tournament will be come Thanksgiving weekend. So they get oh, a little taste of the, the experience. Are you serious with yeah. those fans? Oh. Yeah. 
You know what? It's great. And you know what? Not only is it good for uh, exposure for Hawaii, but also it'll be on ESPNU, by the way. But also, um, it's good for the sport of volleyball. I was in the casino, believe it or not, I was at a blackjack table, <laughs> and they were. I was watching a Texas A&M against Florida in volleyball. I saw that a little bit of that too. Yeah, there's a lot of women's volleyball on TV, not as much from the Big West. So anytime you get that chance, and of course the Big West does have some talent, of course, and uh, hopefully Hawaii will show that they are the best once again. Yeah. All right. So uh, check that out. And of course, you can hear it on the radio here, of course, with Tiff Wells on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, Tiff is going to join us in about 30 minutes. Uh, UH men's basketball team training camp starts today. And, I mean, we're, we're hopeful of a nice, exciting season. Still not a full schedule yet. A few games have sort of been leaked out here and there for the non-Big West games and the Diamond Head Classic, of course. But basketball is right around the corner. And a good amount of new players that I'm really excited to see. And I'm really excited to see Juan Munoz hopefully be healthy for a season of basketball. How old is he, 30 now? I think he's 31. Um, <laughs> because I, this is going to be his, uh, according to Stephen Size article in the star advertise this is his eighth season eighth well, i was gonna i was wondering if it was sixth or seventh but it could be his eighth i mean he, well well it is he Even got the covid year he got the covid year he got another why would you year say it year. could be eight i'm just telling you the fact uh, you're doubting steven uh, no okay he's a jets fan <laughs> i just I'm, I'm giving you a hard time but okay so we are not going to see kamaka hepa or samuta avail anymore uh beyond riley uh, left because he wanted to get paid more money, obviously, uh, or apparently. That or play more, but I think he's at Utah Tech. Yeah, well, you get all the playing time you want over yeah, there. Yeah, probably. Uh, Justice Jackson transferred. And is that because of playing time, you think? I don't know. I, kinda, I believe The crowd so. kind of liked him. Well, not only did the crowd like him, I think he was a good player, but I could maybe it was partly because he sees that, okay, Noel Coleman's back, Jovan McClanahan are back. That's the starting backcourt, and maybe he would like to have starters minutes. Mm. Uh, I, I don't know if it had anything to do with NIL. I don't think a guy like he, nothing against him, would get a lot more money elsewhere. So maybe it's more playing time. And I'm not sure exactly where he went. I didn't hear anything on him. Oh, maybe we we'll Google him uh, during the break and uh, check it out okay so now we have new guys coming uh we have justin mccoy he's the guy from north carolina North carolina supposedly a really good shooter about six eight i believe and yeah. had some success was also played at virginia before north carolina so is that i don't know are we should we be impressed by that yeah you can't stick to a school well i don't think it's i didn't play a lot at carolina uh, last year, not a, not a lot, but I think any time well, probably you, didn't play a lot at Virginia either. Yeah, then, right. When you hear Virginia, North Carolina, the normal response would be, "Oh, wow, we're getting a big time player from a Power Five school." But we had guys like, and I'm not knocking any of them, but I can Noah Allen, who was really good for us. Yeah, Side Tumala, Arizona State, player UCLA. of the year, player of the year. He wasn't player of the year. You keep saying that. Who? No, either one. <laughs> Noah Allen was first team, I believe. Oh, he wasn't player of the year of the conference. Are you sure? Well, we've had this discussion about three times on well, air now. I think you're, you know. I you, can't trust a guy who you, hits on 21 at the blackjack you better table. Get, you don't even know how long Juan Munoz is playing, yet you're really looking forward to seeing him. Yeah. Uh, I will. This one I'm positive about. All right. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, but we, have, we. So when you get. Guys, I mean, I'm not putting him down. I'm yeah, just saying. Yeah, me either. Do you be worried? I mean, what was that quarterback we always bring up? It's, uh, Tate. Max Whittick. Tate. Somebody, Tate, Tate Martell. Tate Martell from Ohio, Ohio he, State, Miami. He went to five different universities. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. But even Max Wittick, he came from USC to here, and we didn't. when we did see him, it wasn't like we were getting a USC-type quarterback that week. But nothing against him. It just never worked out. Maybe yeah. that was because of Norm Chow. I'm not sure. But no. But um, it's not necessarily when you get a guy from a big-time school in that sport that he's going to be big-time here. They can contribute. Again, Noah but, Allen was really good for Hawaii. He was player so of the like, year. 
So it was like Tumala, not player of the year. Uh, Rod, uh, Rod Fleming came. He got offered by Kentucky and Georgia. That was enough for everybody to think we got a stud. Did we actually know that he got offers from Kentucky and Georgia? Uh, Georgetown. 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 Has anybody seen that? Well, actually, getting an offer from Georgetown isn't saying that. Much I don't know if you really see offers in writing so much, but, but uh, you know, some kind of max prep deal or something like that. It could be. We're be like, I, I, I mean, we some, just heard from him. I thought. Yeah, we. Could, I know some athletes go to a camp and they kind of get a nice offer from a coach for, let's say, football. I don't know if it's a real offer like some others, maybe. What do you mean? You know, sometimes you go to a camp and the coach will be, hey, I'll give you, you know, give you a scholarship. They give like like 30. Coach Mack. He did that to like nine year olds. Yeah, yeah. I, the kid's like, I got a scholarship. Yeah, an off scholarship <laughs> offer at least. So, but that's a real scholarship offer. It is, but when you give it's, out, let's say thirty offers in, a, let's say for a summer or a year, they all, if they all accept, you're in trouble because back then you could only get twenty five new ones every year. Now right. I think it's unlimited. But they don't all accept unless you're well, unless you're Georgia. But I don't. But yeah, but my point is, is sometimes I think these offers are just as a, a nice gesture to see if there's mutual interest and maybe wait a year. I'm talking about guys that are underclassmen, ninth, yeah. tenth, eleventh grade, maybe. You know, when my daughter was going to high school, I, we, we've, I've shared this years ago, but you and I have talked about this. In the mail every day, you got letters. You got letter after letter right. after letter, and and um, there was uh, I remember I think it was Dayton that used to send a Not different. Tennessee? No, Tennessee. They came to watch, uh, and then uh, walked away and, and took the girl from Kamehameha. <laughs> but they came to watch because, you know, for whatever reason, she was a good high school pitcher. And uh, shout out Courtney Nagamine. Anyway, um, so the so you got all these letters, and it's really flattering. But they're sending letters to everybody. So some people, some parents actually are like, "Oh, it's an offer," and it, all it is is a questionnaire that you fill out. Yeah, right. and that kind of stuff, or. Like I was saying, Dayton, that was kind of cool that they would they would um, send a handwritten letter. Like, it's, I think every day something came. And I thought, wow, that seems like there's interest, but nothing ever came of it. Right. I think right? that's what I'm kind of talking about, Something where it's a nice communication oh, piece, but it's not maybe a genuine offer, some of these. They're just trying to maybe see if something builds out of it, sure. Right. Okay, so back to the – so um, what we were talking about was really the, these – Justin McCoy you were talking guy, about. Yeah, coming here – and, you know, he played here, he played there. And, you know, sometimes we have success. Most times, a lot of times, you really don't, I think. Not just us, other teams as well. There's a reason these guys are transferring. And sometimes it's not all that good. Sometimes you just need a chance to play, right? Like yeah. Noah Allen. Yeah. And who's he, the player of the year, man. <laughs> and, you know, again, it still worked out really well for some of those guys. We had um, Jack Purchase, who was actually at Auburn for you. I don't think he actually played. He redshirted there. Uh, but he was an Auburn guy. You think, wow, a guy from Auburn coming yeah, in here. Yeah, I mean, if we had a circle of honor for basketball players, he wouldn't be on it. But he was a positive player. Yeah, good three. I mean, Zane Johnson came from Arizona. Right. Didn't play a lot there. He was a good player for Hawaii, one of the top three-point shooters the school has ever seen. He's a sharpshooter. He's a sharpshooter. But there's been a number of guys like that. Okay. This is a kind of a, this is maybe the most turnover I've seen in maybe the last four years since they won the championship. You'll get guys leaving, and guys left because of maybe the, the alleged, well, not the alleged, expected probation after the tournament year. So Aaron Valdez left, uh, Jankovic left because they thought maybe we were going to be on probation, which they were, and then got, got lifted. Mm. But since then, we haven't really lost as many players or have as many new players as we have coming in this year. There's quite a few this year, even though there's a good mixture of returnees as well. I'm really excited to see these guys, and I guess our first opportunity 
will be on, is it October 6th? The 20th. The 20th in the exhibition yes. against uh, St. Mary's. And um, so we mentioned that uh, coming in, these new faces will be uh, he's, uh, the 6'8 power forward, Justin McCoy, and then uh, uh, combo guard, Matthew Cotton. Yeah. Now, he came to us in the transfer portal from Yale. Yeah, he wasn't now, on the What does that year. mean? Well, he, I think he was, he was I mean, hurt. It's, you're not, I'm just, what I'm getting at is Yale is not a basketball power. No, but they have been the NCAA tournament rep out of the Ivy League, I think, twice in the last three or four years. So okay. they are one of the better Ivy League teams. Mid-major, group of five, maybe low-major to some. Well, if, he do, if, he's, if he's as good as the last transfer we got from the Ivy League, uh, he would be a pretty special person. I'm trying to remember who that was from the Ivy League. Yo, when? Oh, yeah, Jerome DeRosier, of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, but, but Cotton did not play against Hawaii last year when Yale came here. So he didn't, he didn't play. But, again, supposedly a really good shooter, really good get. I even asked Jerome DeRosier about it. I was very familiar with him. Oh, yeah? When we heard about him, he said, this guy is legit. He's, he's good. He's going to be a good addition for this team. So I wonder if he's graduated already. He's a grad, he's a grad student. Okay, great. So yeah. he's just – he's okay, good. All right. Uh, let's see. Akira Jacobs. Yes. I know that he's played for the, the – the, Japan Junior National Team, whatever it was, under nineteen, maybe. But, okay. but is that a good thing? Are they? Uh, is it hard to get on the team? What, what What do we know about Japanese basketball? Okay, well, one of the things I'll say, and he played high school. Uh, he was in California, and he played. He all. Um, he, uh, the NBA Global Academy actually is in Australia, but I think he played high school here for a little bit. He, you know, he had experience in this country. You know how I feel usually when you say, hey, I saw the highlights on this guy on YouTube. This guy is really good. Well, most people who put a highlight reel on YouTube for an athlete, it's going to be only the good stuff. But I watched <laughs> a highlight reel with a few turnovers yeah, on it. I watched decent amount of Akira Jacobs highlights and one thing I could see is that he's a really good shooter. Now, I don't know what the competition was. As you know why? The defense. Because on the highlight reel, he makes all the baskets. But you could just see the skill there. I mean, he, he you can tell this guy's legit. He's got a really he's a left-handed shooter. A nice stroke? Nice stroke. He's 6'9". I, didn't, I mean, I haven't been next to him. I've seen him at a football game, but I haven't gotten that close. But he is pretty big, but he's got a nice smooth shot, nice release and everything. Yeah. Again, how that will transition to Big West basketball, not sure. But you can see that this guy has some talent as far as an offensive player. And in that tournament that they played at over the summer, and I forget which one it was, he, ex he looked like he was excelling. And, again, you can take that for what it's worth. But sometimes you do get a transfer, and you're not – you know, you really don't know a lot when a guy played three minutes a game and averaged 1.2 points. And I'm not mentioning anything specific, anybody specifically, but that's happened. Still with Akira Jacobs, from what I've seen, I can tell this guy's got some talent. He's also only a freshman. Yeah. And I love that, that you hopefully have this guy for a good three, four years. You know, I had um – but we're um, the under nineteen World Cup was what he played in over the summer, right? So there's one more player, Tom. Was it Be Beatty? 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 I think it's Beatty. What did Tom Beatty? He's a six four guard from New Zealand. Um, I mean, is this? It seems like we. It's he's just a depth guy. It seems like he's the kind of guy that would come. I, I don't know him, so I shouldn't say this, but. You've seen this where it's like, okay, you're a six-four combo guard, or you're a six-four guard, and it's like you're not probably not going to get a ton of playing time, right? Especially if Juan Munoz is is healthy and playing. It's you know, what does this add to the team? I think it adds depth, 
and maybe building for the future. And the reason I say that, you kind of hinted on it, with you know, being a freshman, especially right now, if they're healthy, these are the guys that are probably going to start or be close to starting. Noel Coleman, McClanahan of the backcourt. Right. Morissette, Bernardo da Silva, maybe both, maybe not, but you would think there's a chance both could start. Why not play them both? You could. And then you got maybe a Harry Rulia death if you want to go with guys from last year. Now, you also have guys who coming in like uh, – uh, Cotton or even McCoy from Carolina, if they're good enough to start. So my point is, those are seven or eight guys I mentioned. So when you got a freshman coming in, uh, you wonder if maybe they just want to redshirt him. Right. And we've seen that Harry Ruliadep didn't redshirt last year. He was a good contributor for this team as well, really? especially early on. Really? I think this guy's going to be a really good player for this. Why team. does everyone say that? I'm not he showed not it in the negative. first half of the season when okay. conference play started. He kind of took a back seat and he got hurt well, for a couple of games. Well, because he, you shrunk the the, uh, the rotation too, right? Exactly. exactly. I mean, you played seven guys a game. Seven or eight. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, again, but you can see that this guy's good. He got sick. I think it might have been an illness for a two- or three-game stretch, and he never really got back in in the rotation after that. Mm. And, again, if Juan Munoz is healthy, and right now he is, I mean, you've got a lot of you got a lot of guys that are going to be part of those seven- or eight-man rotation. So when you look at a guy like Beattie as an example, the uh-huh. freshman from New Zealand, you would think he's probably a good candidate to redshirt. Mm-hmm. Again, you, you get the extra year out of him. You get him acclimated, the experience, especially from another country, and you don't really lose much because even if he's not redshirt, let's say he doesn't redshirt, how much playing time would he get in a normal situation with everybody healthy? Right. Not a lot. You know, and it, but it's amazing that people will redshirt. It's, it's almost like nowadays, oh, you're going to redshirt me? Transfer portal. Well, I think for some players, yeah, for some players, Not sure. for everybody, but yeah. yeah. I, I think from a guy coming in as a true freshman from another country, it's actually to their benefit in a way. Instead of throwing them into the mix right away, you get a year to learn. And well, you still got four years to play. But do, do, do young people want to have a year to learn? Okay. They I, want to get on the court and play. Most do, yeah. And I think yes. if you're at a, let's say you're at Duke or Carolina, there might be more of that, hey, I'm a four-star guy, let's right. say, and I'm not playing. Well, I'm going to go to a school where I can play. Right, right, or right. Or for, for a group of five school mid-major, I don't know if it happens quite as much. Because, I mean, some well, you're going to transfer up. If you're not playing at a group of five much, mm-hmm. are you gonna go to, you're not going to go to a power five and play more right. normally. Makes sense, makes sense. Okay, and, and speaking of Rainbow Warrior basketball, uh, they have the big tip-off event coming up October 19th at Simplify Arena. How about the ladies? Uh, um, the hoopla. The hoopla. Did that happen already? It happened on Tuesday night. I know our good friend Ben Benjamin, who was just walking past us back, back and forth, he was there Tuesday night. Did he mention a, a good show up? I didn't, turn out? See, I didn't get a chance to ask him, but I saw some of the pictures uh, that were online. It looked like it was a really good event. A lot of people seemingly having a good time. So I didn't hear any of the, uh, specific results. But. All right. Uh, but anyway, so the, the men's tip-off event is coming up October 19th. Why do they have them on a Thursday? I guess they're playing volleyball and stuff. Well, partly you don't want to have it on a weekend because it's football. Oh. And uh, I would just imagine you want to wait. You want to have it when the arena is available because it's on the Stan Sheriff Center floor. All right. Anyway, so they have the big thing at the Stan Sheriff Center. Uh, You can enjoy great food, auction items, mingle with the Rainbow Warrior players and coaching staff. I think it would be cool uh, to to, to take selfies with more sec. You know, how often do you get to take a picture with a man that tall? I did it once. I don't know what the picture is, but, yeah. And he, he actually lost weight. No, that's I, not a good thing. I No, I was going to ask. I saw him in a couple of football games. And, yeah, he. I mean, I think it's for him working out a lot in the summer. Uh-huh. But, I mean, yeah, I, I would maybe thinking he could bulk up. And I'm, he might have gotten stronger, but he definitely got a little thinner uh, in the stomach area. I want to find out a secret. All right. Uh, let's see. Larry Beal and Neil Everett are going to be your hosts 
Uh, we see. were busy that night. Otherwise, it would have been us. <laughs> the uh, uh, You can buy tables and individual tickets. Uh, you get them at hawaiibasketballtipoff.com. Oh, wow. They made their own website for that. hawaiibasketballtipoff.com is the place to go uh, to get your tickets. Okay. Uh, coming up, weather-wise, it's going to be sunny today on Oahu, high in the upper 80s. Trades about 10 to 15. Sunny and hot in Las Vegas with a high of 94 the next couple of days. Cooling down. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, check this out. Before we uh, check your traffic, Woodcraft Hawaii's vendor days continue. This week, you save 10% off DeWalt power tools and 25% off accessories at Woodcraft Hawaii. Hope you're enjoying National Drink Beer Day. That's what today is. Uh, sports animals here in Las Vegas. Gary was chugging some cold ones last night. You should have seen it. Oh, those iced teas go down real smooth. Oh, boy. They get a little crazy after a while. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. We're here at the California Hotel and Casino. We've been talking a little Rainbow Warrior basketball. we got UH football uh, really at hand, and it's why we got about probably eight or nine or 10,000 people coming to Las Vegas, uh, from the islands to check it out. We just saw Associate Athletic Director Vince Baltimore walk by us here in the casino. We're by the sports book. I don't know. In the last couple of maybe it was during COVID or something, but Vince has got some big guns. I wonder if that's the Craig Angelus effect of being the new athletic director, everybody working out. The football coaches work out before games. Maybe the assistant AD does as well. Right. I think, he, you know, he's got some guns. We should do that before his, our his, show. He was wearing his, like, tight T-shirt. It was, like, looking like The Rock a little bit. Wow, very impressive. The Rock? Vince. I don't want to go quite that far. Well, he doesn't have the tattoos, but, you know, hey. You now we know of. Hey, it commands respect. Yeah, it does. Very good. Our assistant athletic director can beat your athletic director in a arm wrestling wrestling. <laughs> 808-296-1420, our number for the Zephyr Insurance text line. Yeah, again, just talking UH football for this game. I mean, I, I was glad that last week we got some players back, mainly Cam Stone and Landon Sims. Uh, still don't see anything with Tylen Hines listed as a starter or in the depth chart, but and again, I, I think John Venary brought up this point the other day with us, Chris, is that there's no reason to rush him back. Unless he, and let's say he's not 100% and maybe in another year you might bring him back at 90%. There's no reason to now. Not enough good reason. Now, you can say, well, the running game isn't as strong overall as it should be. Jeremy Mouse talked about that. But we have different types of running back, and we have some pretty good running back. Right. What Highland well, Hines showed us in the first game and a half, unfortunately, wasn't last year's Highland Hines either. Right. The, the, the guys from last year, uh, for whatever reason, I don't know what their reason is, uh, it did, haven't shown up yet this year. But – with Johnson and uh, uh, Sims, I mean, look at their stats. That's a good running game. It, it is. And even you know? Lillet, who hasn't really carried the ball that much, I mean, the few times he's gotten the ball, he's actually been pretty effective, I thought. Well, but, you know, the the point is, like Jeremy Mouse from the Mountain West Wire said a little while ago, Hawaii needs to put the run back in the run and shoot. And I think we're getting there. I think we're getting there. But, I mean, if you just, you know what, I think they got to stick with it a little bit. You know, maybe maybe you need solo. I mean, what we're really finding out is solo Vipulu is, well, he's not he's not a, a Reagan Mauia. That's you know we were hoping. Yeah, yeah he's a, the big guy. You know, all that short. He's more an extra blocker. Yeah, which is which say, is yeah. fine. Yeah, which is fine. But I wonder if there's some things that you can do with him that they might not be expecting in this game. 
Now we saw a shovel pass, right? Now if we're going to get, and I don't remember who it was to, but um, it was to Jordan Johnson. Oh, it was Jordan Johnson. Yes. So if if you know if Hawaii if there you know and that's a perfect play if if you're having trouble with the um, pass rush, a little too much pressure, shovel pass him to death. And Solo did get one of those earlier this season as well. Like it might have been week two or three, I believe. But he had it a might have been pass. no, that was a pass on that that one where he, he ran fumbled. and fumbled. Yeah, yeah, that was just a. Uh, like a middle screen or whatever you call right. it. Right, I think that might have been the Stanford game. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Something tells me we need to pull s- some something out of the bag. Something out of the bag. I mean, we can't guarantee you're going to have somebody like Sauce Gardner just take the ball away and Sauce run twenty yards. Sauce Williams, Sauce Gardner too. That would yeah, be kind of. Yeah. But Sauce Williams, you know, and, and rumble and bumble and stumble for twenty yards or whatever it was down the field. Which makes me think about this aspect as well, where these games matter a lot more to most teams. Conference play. Did you maybe not show everything you've got, which we hear fairly often for a team getting ready for conference play in the non-conference? So well, maybe they do have some different plays that they're going to unveil now that conference play starts. Right, but there's no such thing as showing everything you got because nobody says, "Okay, these are our plays in, in training camp." That's all we're going to do. You're constantly adding things. Okay, but I'm right. Think you might so have you're a watching couple- film of UNLV, and you're watching film. You're going, oh, oh, okay. Look at that. Uh, look at their DBs. Look, they always got a, a a a high safety here or something. I'm trying to talk technical, but you know what I mean. Here's how yeah, we can. Yeah. You, you know, they play a lot of zone. So let's come up with this type of pass, right? But you might have play. certain plays that you purposely didn't play in the yeah, game yeah, yeah. that you might be saving. Sure. So maybe they'll be, like you said, pull out a bag of tricks. Pull stuff. Maybe there is something they can pull out as a different play that we have. It's just you don't pull out a bag of tricks. Pull, you pull, pull something out of your bag of tricks. Same thing. Being <laughs> technical again. Uh, but something like that. And I don't know if that will happen or not, but we've heard that uh, in the past. I, 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 I'm a true believer that this team has the capability – of winning more games than people would think in conference. Now, again, I know Air Force is tough, and I'm not even thinking about that game, but starting with UNLV, who has been good, they've been good at home, we know they're strong in certain areas, but I, I don't think this is a game you go in thinking, wow, this is going to be almost impossible to win. I don't feel like that, and I think more so because of Saturday night. Yeah, and it, I'm just the thing that we need, and, and it's, it's we all feel that way, and I hope we're not reminded after watching, after the first or second quarter going, oh, that's right. It's on the road. Now, it's not just uh, Coach Timmy's era where, you know, we haven't won a road game. Hawaii is traditionally bad on the road. It doesn't matter who the coach is. And when you're playing Oregon and Vanderbilt, I mean, that's going to help your road record to be what it is. Okay, I'll go back last year in New Mexico State, and we talked about it recently and last year. This is a game we can beat. They're never that good. It's a road game, perfect opportunity to turn their season around, and it didn't. Yeah. Two years ago, we come up to Vegas, and we kind of have the same feeling. Maybe Todd and Bo Graham and that tandem can really win this game. UNLV is not a very strong team. Maybe we can beat them and, you know, have a successful, somewhat successful season, still looking to qualify for a bowl at that point in November. Right. Didn't happen, and we lost. You know, we came back in the fourth quarter, but it wasn't really Hawaii's game. So we know that even though maybe UNLV's got a, a really suspect pass defense, and Hawaii does have talent, it's going to take their A game and maybe a break or two. But there's no obviously there's no guarantees Hawaii can win. I just still wouldn't be surprised if they do. I think UNLV has shown in a couple of games that you know. Again, Michigan game, even though they lost, showed me something. The Vanderbilt comeback was something. But we know this is a team, whether Mayava is a good quarterback or not, and we see that he can be, he's not their number one quarterback. 
So if Brumfield doesn't play, I mean, maybe Hawaii does have, I don't say an advantage, but maybe they can kind of exploit that a little yeah. bit. But they're going to have to play their best to win this road game. Again, if you're just tuning in, we don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be for UNLV, and that's kind of one of the big storylines for Hawaii fans as we head into it. Uh, Mayava is about a 55% completion passer, yeah. um, and he's not horrible, not horrible, but he's not the most accurate guy. Or do you want Brumfield, who's the you know the more polished quarterback? Yes. You know, it's you might take say, oh well, let's take Mayava, but then maybe he takes off and runs, run, puts up 130 yards rushing or something. Yeah, and obviously that's it's, been, it's, it's, I don't want to pay, have to pick my poison, but we're going right, to have right. to. And, and we know Hawaii has been a little bit uh, rough around the edges with their running rushing defense. <laughs> rough but around they, the edges, but but, but they we no need pun no. You said, Hawaii needs improvement in the in the rushing. Defense. And the rushing? In the rushing defense. Well, Sorry. they have shown some improvement, and I brought up some of those numbers earlier, and I might not look at it in some of these games, but just, I, go, I go back to last year more so where they really had a tough time with so many teams dominating us with a run, yeah. and New Mexico State was one of them. And that was when we had and that was rushing. when we had Blessman Taala blocking up that is you know up the middle. Yeah, they had 357 yards rushing against Hawaii last year. Yeah. Last week it was 180, cut in half. Cut in half. Do you know the size of uh, the linemen, the offensive linemen for UNLV? Is it like everybody else? Everyone's six six. I don't have it in front of me. I have to pull it up, but I don't have it in front of me right now. See, because uh, I'm hoping that they have some big lumbering guys, and somebody like uh, Kahahavai Welch can use his speed and quickness to kind of uh, mess them up. Because again, I'll say it again: they get rid of the ball almost as fast as anybody, or faster than most teams in the NFL. 2.42 seconds. That's not a lot of time to to uh, to rush the passer there. And so we yeah. gotta just we gotta hopefully kind of muck it up. But at the same time, don't let him, don't let if Mayava's the quarterback, don't let him escape. Maybe they play both quarterbacks. And one of the things when I look at their depth chart, they list a, they, they don't list anything except uh, their numbers and positions no. and what year they're in. So I thought let's be another area to find that out. So. Uh, I'm not too sure about that right now. But uh, right now they're listing Brumfield as a starting quarterback, but that's just their overall depth chart. And that's as of right now with the 3-1 and one record. How official that is for the Saturday, we're not sure. Maybe we'll find out more tomorrow. All right, so their only loss is to Michigan then. Yeah, 35-7. to 35-7. to seven. All right, uh, let's see. Um, let's do this. Uh, let's uh, get Tiff Wells on. Uh, since it's game day eve for the Rainbow Wahine volleyball team, uh, they are in Long Beach State. We'll do that coming up here on ESPN Honolulu. Now, if you're here in Vegas or you're coming to Vegas and you want some, a great omiyagi or maybe a really cool shirt to wear, the guys from OB Golf have um, these custom-made, well, you, they actually have ESPN Honolulu shirts, but I think those are only online. Only online for now, yes. Right, so they have a nice white one or a red and black red, one yeah, yeah. Uh, that you can uh, get at obgolfhawaii.com. But if you want to uh, come on down here, a lot of people have been taking advantage of uh, the, sh- the polos that they have on sale here. And it says the Brotherhood. And it's really, nice. really nice. Really nice. It's beautiful. I mean, it's something you could wear. I mean, it's something that's nice enough to even wear to, uh, you know, like a, a wedding. I was about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, you don't want to wear a polo shirt. Well, yeah, you could. I sure. would. <laughs> sure. I mean, if, it's you're a nice not, shirt. if you're not in the wedding party. It looks very nice. But it is. It's a nice shirt. It's great material that's going to last a long time. Anyway. Uh, we're not being paid to say this or anything. It's just they're good guys, and a lot of people are buying these up. And that's why they're buying them, because they are really attractive. Right. Really so we wanted to just give those guys a, a little love there. 
Hey, uh, speaking of UH football, you can catch UH and NFL football at 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar at Leeward Bowl. They're open early. Sunday mornings, they open at 6 a.m., and they show all the NFL games. Now, for Monday and Thursday night football, they got Happy Hour Poo Poo from 4 to 7 daily. And for the UH games, they have an awesome uh, menu specials, too. So, 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar. Check out the video wall because it is the place for UH college and NFL football. Oh, wait till I tell you this story from last time we were here. We'll do that after we talk to Tiff Wells. Yes, we will. We'll, we have a lot of stories. What happens in Vegas doesn't always stay in Las Vegas. Well, we've got a big, big road trip for the Rainbow Wahine volleyball team. Joining us now on ESPN Honolulu, the voice of Rainbow Wahine volleyball. Tiff Wells joins us. Tiff, I want to let you know, first of all, Thank you so much for filling in for us the other day. For Chris and I, we want to return the favor. So anytime you want to take the night off from doing a play-by-play, Chris and I will take over for you any match you want. Any match I want. Well, I want story time first off, guys. So what happened in Vegas? Can we can we at least share the G-rated version? Well, yeah, I don't think Chris has slept yet, for one thing. But uh, real quickly, if people haven't uh, heard in the first hour, he was playing blackjack last night for a fairly long time, and he's having a great time. Then I sit down with him, and uh, for some strange reason, when Chris had an 8, a 2, and an ace equaling 21, he decided to hit on it. And people were screaming, yelling, security was called, and they almost wheeled him away uh, with that part didn't happen the wheeling away but a lot of people were screaming at him including me and the dealer uh was kind of beside herself that chris was uh trying to hit on 21 and uh he will never live that down because i won't let him well i mean the easiest thing would have been eight and two and an ace for 21 but why make it easy on yourself chris go for the more circuitous route to get to 21 right i even suggested that as his out kind of his excuse for that uh, but uh, still, it, it was kind of funny. And people, I said I've seen it almost at all in Vegas. I guess I saw something I've never seen before. And never saw anybody hit on 21. I have a feeling I never will see anybody hit <laughs> on 21, unless Chris decides to do it again tonight. But that I happen. like it. But uh, anyway, let's talk some Rainbow Wahine Volleyball. And last week, uh, I guess it was, ho- was what we expected and hoped for, not only victories in the start of conference play at home, but sweeps and pretty impressive at that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you said, two impressive sweeps over two teams that are probably going to be fighting out for that sixth and final spot in the Big West Conference Tournament come November. And I think for Hawaii, able to utilize 12 players against Bakersfield, 13 against CSUN. And the match was, neither match was never really in doubt. In fact, neither of the, none of the six sets were really in doubt. I mean, Hawaii held both the opponents in those six sets. Three of those sets, they hit under triple zero. So I think Hawaii... In total control both nights and the ability to showcase some of that depth, some of that B-side talent that Hawaii has talked about with a lot of depth on either pin. And for what Hawaii was able to do, get a lot of players some playing time and also rest some of your starters because it is a very important weekend, like you mentioned, to Long Beach tomorrow and San Diego on Saturday. So a big week here in week two for Hawaii. 
Yeah, we did see some players get in there. I think that was a positive, as you just explained last week, and hopefully that will pay dividends, if not this week, coming ahead. I, I almost don't want to even ask you these questions anymore about Kate Lang and Amber Igedi, especially with Kate Lang. Again, the award for Big West Setter of the Week should just be named after her. In your memory of doing these matches or games over the years, have you ever seen any player, whether it's from UH or anywhere else, win awards in consecutive weeks the way Kate has or even the number that Amber has overall? It's, you have to really go back and look at it. I mean, the Big West Conference only really added the Center of the Week award. I want to say it was last year. But I think, oh. what, again, she before well, again, what she's been able to do, what Amber's been able to do. And and there were some that, you know, thought that, you know, with the quality of opponent that Hawaii played, that possibly somebody else from another team might have gotten conference, you know, either Offensive Player of the Week or Center of the Week. But when, it, when you look at what... Amber's doing in, in three rotations. I mean, you look at against what she did against Bakersfield, 12 of 25, hits 440, has five blocks. Against CSUN, 13 of 18, hits a season-high 722. Like, these are video game-like numbers, and I understand that she's only playing, you know, half the time just because of what position she is on the floor. You still got to go out there and not only get the sets, but you also have to go out there and convert. And I think she's been able to convert at such a very high level that it's been able to help everybody else around here get better. And I think for what Kate Lang has been able to do, yes, there's been times where some of the set locations haven't been the best. Sometimes the decision-making going to the, going to the right hitter hasn't been there from time to time. But I think what she was able to do last week, everybody was able to be successful against CSUN and Bakersfield. Tiff Wells joining us here on ESPN Honolulu, talking Rainbow Wahine Volleyball. They will be playing Friday, as you said, against Long Beach State, Saturday against UC San Diego. Both matches starting at 4. We'll have Tiff on the airwaves about 3.50 tomorrow, uh, talk, getting ready for the match against Long Beach State. I want to touch upon what you were just saying about Kate Langs. I've heard you on our show and even uh, Robin Amo talking about that first pass off the serve has to be key to get the offense rolling. From the matches I've seen, maybe from the casual observer, I think she's done a fantastic job. You mentioned, you know, not, it's not always the perfect set. But overall, you think that may be considered one of her strengths, at least to get the offense going more often than not? I think it really is, Gary. And I think for what she's been able to do now coming into her third year running this offense, and, and, and all the eyes, for the most part, is going to be on that setter. How will you better that first ball contact? But again, from what Hawaii has had throughout this season so far sometimes that first ball contact hasn't been the greatest and then there have been matches and more so when Hoy has come up on the short end of the sixth day against like a UCLA or Liberty those passes on serve receive are taking Kate Lang 10 12 15 feet off the net and you become very predictable offensively either on the men's side or the women's side and if you're if you're not able to run the middle or even at least think for the opponent to feel that you're going to run the middle and you're just going to have to bump it you know, to either pin the high 15 feet off the net, you become very predictable, and it's very difficult without the hitters that are 6 feet, 5'11", 6'1", to try and convert points from being out of system when you're 10 to 12 feet off the net. So, again, I mean, every, I mean, every coach has, has told me, has told you guys, that if you win the serve and pass game, you have a very good chance to win the match. And, again, Hawaii's serve-receive has to be pretty much on point to be able to run – not only the middle, but give Kate Lang three options to run offensively every play. 
Let's talk a little bit about tomorrow's opponent, Long Beach State. Even though they play UC San Diego, they are 0-2. Hawaii has won all five matches. Long Beach State is a team that I think is maybe obviously considered a rival, but Hawaii has won the last 11 against them. Talk about the challenges for tomorrow's match. Well, the first challenge is the venue. And mm. for those that haven't been in the for those that haven't been in the Walter Pyramid, it, it is it is an interesting facility that has you know some depth perception problems for opponents. And again, Hawaii won't get into the Walter Pyramid until a certain pass tomorrow because of UC San Diego and Long Beach State playing tonight. So they won't get a full practice in today. They'll be practicing in their auxiliary gym on campus. But I think for Long Beach, it's always been, yes, Hawaii has had the 11-match win streak against the beach. The beach have been inconsistent. You see they get the win opening night of the season against defending champ Texas, and then right. they come back the next night and get swept by a, Loyola, by, by a good Loyola Marymount team, but a team that isn't ranked in the top 25. So it's a team that's still trying to find their stride. They want to run as quick of an offense as possible. And the problem with that is, again, if you have the pass, you have the setter that can run the system. If you don't have the hitters that can be up to speed on that quick tempo offense, it's going to be a problem. So, again, for Hawaii, again, it, it, it's going to come down to serve and pass, get them out of system, and try to take that quick offense and make Long Beach State be uncomfortable in their comfortable surroundings of the Walter Pyramid. You know, if I had a podcast, that was in the, would be in the name. The name would be Out of System with Chris Hart. Perfect title. Well, I, I think, like it. Perfect title. Well, I, I, kind of describes think, you at the uh, blackjack table, too. <laughs> I think the out-of-system boys with uh, Joe and Gage Worsley might have an issue with uh, you using out-of-system, though. <laughs> Why? Oh, they have a podcast called that? They do, they do have a they have a podcast called Out of System. Yes, they do. Oh, <laughs> I'm a day late and a dollar short again. You can name yours. I'm out of system. Anyway, uh, one thing I want to I'm curious about. I know this has been a rule. I'm not sure if it's in volleyball as well. But you mentioned UC San Diego and Long Beach State playing tonight. Uh, is Hawaii allowed to watch that match in person? Uh, you know that that is a very good question. I mean, it is available on ESPN Plus, so I'm sure that they can. They, they have they have the video they can scout it. I'm not sure in conference matches if the team that is already in town can go to the match. I know that there's times for non-conference tournaments out here that we've seen like the teams that are playing the second night or the second match or the first match can come early or stay late to watch and live scout. So I don't I don't know. I have, you know that's a good question. I might have to ask that because I haven't seen anything that says either way you can or you cannot be there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure in basketball you can't, so maybe it's just a big West rule. I'm pretty sure I've heard that in basketball in the past. Anyway, Tiff, <laughs> awkward silence. <laughs> hey, thanks, Tiff. Hey, uh, uh, good luck. Have a great time at the broadcast. We'll be listening. Thank you, brother. Thank, thanks, Tiff. Thanks, right, th thanks, guys. Enjoy the cables. All right, man. Tiff Wells uh, on uh, ESPN Honolulu. Once again, the broadcast starts tomorrow at about 3.50 p.m. here on ESPN Honolulu. All right. You know, I thought of this. Okay, so we have the, uh, the, the golf wear here, the golf shirts, and the company is called Out of Bounds, right? It's kind of a, you know, it's – so, you know what? They should have a volleyball sportswear company and call it Out of System. Huh? Mm. Huh? Mm. I'll tell that to Casey over there. All right. I just want to correct myself. Uh, oh, we'll be here looking, all day. Uh, 
The match tomorrow against Long Beach State will be on CBS 1500. Saturday will be on ESPN Honolulu. Oh, thank you. Okay. Hey, uh, there's a new place to catch your favorite NFL games. And if you've been some of the folks that have come down, we thank you. It's The Lookout Food and Drink right there at Waikai in Eva Beach, right across from Hawakalai Golf Course. Doors open early on Sundays at 6.30 a.m., they got happy hour prices on poo-poo and drinks from 4 to 6 during Monday and Thursday night football. So if your team loses, it's okay. It's a beautiful atmosphere. you got the ocean breezes. It's really, really cool. You know what? Just uh, Google it or check out the website. But uh, if you want a new experience for NFL football and UH, I guess, yeah, check it out at the Lookout Food and Drink. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. All right, thank you guys for listening. My friend Alan Perry's here. Todd Shelton, right here. Gary Dickman, we've got a couple of stars right here as we uh, close out the show. This is ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. And uh, Mommy, I'll give you a call. All right, sorry, personal uh, communications. Your golf friends? He's got his uh, Paps Blue Ribbon. He's ready to go. All right. All right, hey, uh, thank you guys for texting in. Somebody says here, hey, guys. Uh, if you have time, go check out the Atomic Bar. That's Las Vegas' first bar. And Zach Baggins' Ghost Adventures Museum, both close to Fremont Street. See, the thing is, for us to go to those, you'd have to actually leave the hotel, which Chris hasn't yet. Yeah. I would, usually doesn't. But you know what? I can't because I had to work till like 5 o'clock, 6 sure. o'clock. And then, and then it's it's blacktail, blackjack, blacktail time. time. <laughs> I don't know what that is. No wonder you hit on twenty one at blacktail. Yeah, somebody says on uh, regarding that he deserves to lose the hand. Did he? No. no, I won because I I I mentioned to the hit, but everybody you know stopped. Everybody stopped me. Like with, with like stopping short in a car from stopping him by putting his ar- hands and arms in front of him right. for some reason. And even the dealer was like, no. But, okay, so now with that, though, I had an eight, a two, and a one. Is that what I had? Eight, a two, and an ace. Okay, an eight, a, a two, and an ace, a one. <laughs> How many points does a baseball team score? Anyway, so um, um, the <laughs> so the so um, if I got a 10, which is very likely, uh, then I would have had a 21. Maybe that's what I was going for. But that would be still incredibly <laughs> stupid. Naive. I'll leave it at that. That's the nicest way I can put it. Right. How much time? Do we have enough time to explain what monkey means? Oh, we don't. We have 30 seconds left in the show. You don't want to miss tomorrow's show to find out what monkey means in blackjack. <laughs> because people, some people here yell monkey. Yes. And nobody knows why. But now we don't have enough time to uh, let people know about that. But anyway, I can let you know if you're here in Vegas, uh, coming up at 3 o'clock, Let's Talk Sports with Kanoa Leahy at 6 p.m. off the bench. It's at noon and 3 p.m. Hawaii time, and we'll see you tomorrow here. Uh, we'll be a little out of system, but we'll be back tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock on ESPN Honolulu.